Welcome to the Farcast here at Shadron State College. I am Daniel Binkert with my co-host Alex Helmbrecht, and we're here with Chantel Merchant, who is the director of the Office of Academic Success. So, Chantel, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you for inviting me on this wonderful spring day that doesn't quite feel like a spring day. Not quite <laughs> full spring. Spring in Nebraska. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we are springing forward. <laughs> um, so we'll jump right in here, Chantel. Could you tell us um, what exactly is the Office of Academic Success, and what does it do? So primarily, we are the learning lab or tutoring center on campus. Um, we, I get to hire tutors that are students on campus, usually upperclassmen, so that they have some different courses under their belts. But they work to help other students uh, at CSE in a variety of different subjects. Um, we have, of course, like math, science, and science is now broken out into biology, chemistry, organic chemistry, genetics, because we do have specific needs. We found out um, we have writing, so we have technical writing, writing composition, and also science writing. Um, we have a biology class that requires a paper that's very specific, and the regular writers who have never taken biology don't know, so sure. we have science people nice. who have taken the class, so that's specific. We added business, um, rangeland management, um, Social sciences, so like history, um, we have psychology and psychology statistics, too. So whenever there's a need that students come to me saying, hey, do you have a tutor? Um, if I don't, I try to find one. Yeah. Until my budget's full, and then I, <laughs> then I unfortunately say maybe next semester. Sure. Then we have the Back on Track Peer Mentoring Program. We offer that to students who are on academic suspension or probation, that if they're on suspension and they're allowed re-entry, they're required to participate. But okay. if they're on probation, which is just sort of a warning, we um, give them the option. And we actually have a lot of students who took advantage of that option this semester. And they work with them on time management, um, not procrastinating their work, scheduling, um, just kind of being accountable. So they're mostly an accountability buddy for other students to okay. check in with, which is great. Um, and most of our tutors are also mentors. Okay. So they kind of have to do both. Uh, yeah. They keep busy then. Yeah, we also offer, we call them PASS leaders. Um, PASS stands for Peer Assisted Study Sessions. And those are students who sit in the classroom and reteach that material from that class sometime during that week. It's usually in the evening. And they can do it in any building, like, um, most of them are science, so they'll do it in COIL. Or they can come to the library and do it. Um, it's it's a really, really great resource. We actually added it for college algebra because we okay. thought that there was a need, and we have a student doing it for two different sections, and she has a lot of like people who go to get that extra help. Yeah, that's so, great. Yeah. What I've always been curious, like, what does the training for uh, – how do you train students to be tutors? So I got really lucky – coming into this position because I had a list of tutors who just wanted to come back from last year. Okay. So they had some tutor training, but I actually made a Canvas course with tutor training that was like self-paced. And then we also just meet once in a while and talk about like leadership. Um, Jamie Keller and I, who's my retention specialist, we're actually going to write up like a once a month leadership workshop for our tutors and mentors to help them develop those skills more. Nice. Um, but, you know, I interview each one of them and I kind of, I ask them, like, what do you think is one of the most important things for you to be a tutor? Mm -hmm. And they have to give me a pretty good answer. Like, they have to say, 
I'm not here to do the work for them. I'm here to help them learn. Like, and if they can understand that, that's great. Mm -hmm. Um, Two of my tutors were actually tutors at other community colleges before they transferred here. So they have a lot of expertise. Okay. And they do um, help cross-train the other tutors who are struggling as well. Um, But they're... It's like a natural thing for them. It's, yeah. It's, it's really nice. And I do have, I think, five tutors that are in the education field. So, like, math education. So, that like, they love it because they get to practice. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I think often we, we maybe think of, of uh, the students who use the tutors are benefiting. But mm-hmm. the, the students who are serving as the tutors also benefit. And they're able yeah. to take that into their chosen career field. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So how long have you been here at CSC? Have you, have you, and I think maybe you started in financial aid. I did. Yeah. So I started in November of 2019 in the financial aid area. So I was a financial aid specialist. Um, working there really helped me because I have a lot of knowledge about not just that, but also a little bit of advising, admissions, the registrar's office, because financial aid has to work with every department. Yeah. Um, and I got to do a lot of really cool things there, um, not just awarding financial aid, but I also got to learn how to build e-forms there, which is um, something in the PeopleSoft world. Um, so like the cancellation e-form, I built that for the entire campus to use. So if a student... Um, decides not to come to CSE for a semester and wants to come later, they would fill out that form and that gets submitted. Um, I did the scholarship application and it was just a lot of really cool back-end techie stuff and I didn't realize how big of a nerd I was until I got into that and I really enjoyed it and I get really excited about that and it, it helped me in this new position because I'm not afraid of any new technology. So, like, when we started Eagles 360, mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, I'm in. Let's figure out every cool thing this program can do. And I also had to think of a new way on how students could schedule appointments with tutors and mentors because we were paying for it before. So I found bookings, which CSC already, like, has a license for. And so I've integrated that, which gives us really good, reliable data. So I'm also a nerd. I guess is what I'm hey, saying. Hey, that's okay. Yeah. I, I yeah. think we, Daniel and I would self-identify sure, as that. Sure. Yeah. Hey, more data, more analysis. Yeah. It's all yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's see. So let's go back a little bit. Uh, talk about your life as a college student. Where'd you grow up? Where'd you go to college? And we have a note here that says uh, you're not necessarily afraid to be in front of or oh. behind the camera. So let's address that too. Sure. <laughs> <What's> um, the- <laughs> well, I grew up most of my life in Idaho in different places. So um, I was born in Central California around the Modesto, Sonora area. And then when I was young, we moved to Salmon, Idaho, which um, was just kind of a tourist trap town. But um, it's known for the Salmon River when I lived there, there were no salmon in the river, oh. so it was only steelhead fishing. But now there's salmon there again, oh, so good. you could yeah. go and fish if you'd like. And I love fishing, so like we would get on riverboats and um, go steelhead fishing, but it's also nicknamed the River of No Return because of the amount of people who don't come back Ooh. after whitewater rafting. So Ooh, we didn't scary. ever go. I know. I didn't ever do that. I'm a little, I was kind of scared. Yeah, I, was, I don't but, blame you. Um, 
grew up there, learned how to ski. We would ski every weekend. Like instead of doing like a class trip to Mount Rushmore um, for a week, everybody just got to go ski every day. So they would <laughs> oh, bus yeah. you up to the ski. It was really fun. Yeah. They'd get you had to do a lesson, like you had to do an hour lesson every day, but you got excused from school and you just got to ski or snowboard. Dang, it was pretty we fun. Grew up in Idaho. Yeah, it was yeah, a pretty yeah. cool place. Sounds like a good time. <laughs> <laughs> then I moved to Coeur d'Alene. Um, Beautiful place. Yeah. Um, my husband went the first time he went. He didn't really fully understand, and he was like, okay, I get what you're saying yeah. now. And my mom and my brother still live there, so I get to visit frequently, which is nice. Um, yeah. Graduated from Lake City High School there, and then I decided to go to Boise State University for my undergrad, and I graduated there with a communications degree, which that camera. Okay, um, So go. for three years, one of my classes was working at the Public Access TV station, where we had to make TV for the community members who wanted to because it was free for them. It was actually like all donation and fundraising based. Um, there were two different classes. There was a Saturday morning and a Thursday night. Um, we called ourselves Thursday Night Productions. We were so cool. We even made ourselves shirts. Um, oh, yeah. That's <laughs> just, like Wayne, just like Wayne's World. We were so excited. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, I mean, we did everything from... Like you would direct or technical direct or run camera. You would have to run sound. Sometimes they would have a guest audience, but their audience members wouldn't show up. So then we would just pre like like show up and be their audience members. Um, do you mind if I tell a funny story yeah, about yeah, that? Of course, it was very yeah. weird. So we had um, Psychic Sheila's Sugar Shack, and you can YouTube that. Their, her videos are on YouTube okay. of some of the stuff we shot. Um, we decided to all wear different hats that day, but I was running camera and I had brought like a straw cowboy hat and I couldn't wear it with the headphones on. So Tori, another guy in our class wore it and he was in the audience and Sheila really needed somebody to come out and do like a psychic like session with them. So she picked Tori and she, she goes, well, I need an object of yours to hold to do the session. So he gives her my hat and I'm like, that's kind of, that's not going to work. And I had just turned 21 and I had planned a trip. We were going to go to Vegas to celebrate and I was really excited and she was holding it. She goes, is your birthday coming up? And he's like, no, my birthday's in November. And I'm like, what? And then she goes, I keep seeing lights like in Las Vegas. And I'm like, what? <laughs> so I'm on camera and I like, f and then he was like, no, but that's her hat. And that's what she's doing. And so then like we had to switch and it was just really creepy. And I'm like, and she wasn't there when we switched hats. So now I kind of believe in psychics after that. Yeah, it makes you wonder. It was weird. It was a weird <laughs> feeling, but... No, it was very fun. A couple of times we had a guy who loved to do a talk show and he was um, he was born in Mexico and he went to school with us and I met him through ballroom dancing class. And so he loved to do intro during doing like the merengue or salsa. So I would have to like dance with him for like two <laughs> minutes. It was very weird, um, but it was so much fun. I mean, I had actually been on. The I had been on the school TV show from middle school all the way up, so I was used to doing that, like, oh, yeah, from yeah. sixth grade, so. Definitely. Yeah. Well, if you're ever in a pinch, you might need to call <laughs> yeah, Chantel in for camera I, I can run a camera. It's been yeah. a while, but. Yeah. Turn the headset on, ready yeah. to go. Knock yeah. the rust off a little bit. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Yeah, not I mean, much has changed, really. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I can I can only imagine all the the 
the fun times that you had, like, outside of the class. Um, oh, we did. Something we, like that. We had, <clears throat> I mean, after Saturday mornings, we would all go have breakfast together at this little cafe. We would, um, like, have Halloween parties together. We we did so, like, we were a really tight-knit group, mm-hmm. and we all had very different interests. Like, um, I really enjoyed editing as well, so I took, like, intro, intermediate, and advanced video production as yeah. well. And we also... Um, the International Special Olympics was held in Boise while we went there, and we actually got picked to help film. So it was our school, University of Miami, and University of North Carolina. They flew them in, and we would all take turns. We got two weeks off of school, and all we did was video cool. the students because then we would edit it and post it so the families who okay. couldn't come see them could watch it. So we got picked to do that, which was great. We actually we got to go to Cannes Film Festival one year it was very fun like we had a great time and oh, it was yeah. like all of our group um our teacher he's he's a great guy we actually like i i appreciate like everything that he taught but he was just an adjunct so he like invested a ton of time into us so whenever i see adjuncts around here i'm like hey you are making yeah, there's a, a lot difference. of work that goes yeah. into it there is, there is. Yeah. um and he um volunteered a lot of his time at this place called the vac and he decided to do a live tv show um, where we had to run everything, and it was live on air for the community access television, but it was like a talk show where my job, which I liked, was to tell like their guests like when to go on stage and like get them off and like organize that. But he also made us make these mini commercials to show like in between, which was just hilarious. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if I find him, I'll show you guys. They're very silly. All these sounds a like time. a wonderful experience. Yeah. It was so. I mean, I can't. I I tried to get into working at the public access station when I moved to Omaha after I graduated, yeah. but they're like, "Yeah, it's all volunteer." I'm like, mm. well, I can't do that. Well, I mean, paid. I need to yeah. make some money. <laughs> I have student loans to pay now. <laughs> yeah, I'd imagine. <laughs> yeah. So, how did you wind up in Shattered? I know you have a master's degree from here. Um, was that kind of the the impetus that made you come, or what? no? Um, so. The, um, I met my husband, um, on a vacation and he was living in Omaha. Not the one in Vegas, right? Yeah, it was. Oh, (laughs) psychic (laughs) Sheila strikes again. So, um, my friend Brooke and his friend Sam were high school sweethearts and they wanted to meet back up and Sam had just brought him along and then like we kind of hit it off and he was living in Omaha. So after dating, for nine or ten months, like, and it was so hard to see each other. I'm like, I don't have anything else going on. I'll just move out there. So we we lived in Omaha for a while, but his family grew up around here. So um, I think we were together five years, and then we're like, we should probably live close to some family. And we picked this area because he owned a house that was just a rental. So mm. we just moved into it, and um, we we wanted to get married and have kids, and we wanted to have some family support, which most people do. So we landed here, and I actually didn't um, start my master's program. I just finished this last summer. Mm. So I, I did it while I was working here. How yeah. was that? Was it, uh, I'm sure life happened along the way. Yeah, so. it, was, it was crazy, like having... When you take 10 years off, first, there's a lot of anxiety because you're like, have things changed? Mm -hmm. Um, What's different? And I was very upfront with my faculty members. And I said, look, I haven't been doing this for 10 years. Please tell me if I'm way off. And they were like, oh, this is wonderful. And they were just so excited about it. (laughs) And they were were very supportive. Um, 
I think the hardest thing was struggling, like having small, small kids. I started when Josie was three, right? Maybe two and a half. So think of like trying to write a 20 page research paper with like a two and a half, three year old, like, like sitting on your lap, crying, you know, so that was stressful, but I did my best to do all of my homework during the week so that I had weekends free. There were only a couple of times where that didn't happen, but I'm like the anti-procrastinator. Like I get things done way ahead of time. So that's helpful when it comes to schoolwork. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was very fulfilling and fun and I learned a lot. I did an internship while I was working in financial aid and I had the opportunity to interview some really great leaders on campus, um, to help me understand like what it takes to be a leader in higher ed. And that was very nice. Help prepare me for this job that I ended up getting, um, And the classes were great. I learned something from all of them. And I try to reiterate that to the students I see in my office now is, you know, even some of my tutors, a tutor said, I'm just really unmotivated. What do I do? And I said, I'll be honest, this is life. Some weeks you're just not going to be feeling it. Like that's just it. Like you're not going to be excited all the time. And I said, but with your classes, just remember you're learning something. Like there's a skill you're going to gain from this. Mm-hmm. Even though you don't like it right now, it'll pay off later. Like my camera classes, I might have to fill in for Daniel. There you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that, we forgot to tell you, that's completely volunteer too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and we've got softball games tomorrow and Friday. Okay. So <laughs> just come on Shoot in. Me a text. <laughs> Um, so you have mentioned that you really enjoy volunteering and civic engagement. Where does that come from? Tell us a little bit about um, what you're working on. Um, I guess it started. This is a funny story. My best friend from middle school and I really loved going to the thrift store in Coeur d'Alene and checking out all of the cool finds there. And we there was a women's shelter behind that. It was a St. Vincent de Paul. So there were some women staying there who were displaced, and some of them yeah. had kids, and they were having a f- hard time finding jobs. So we paired up with this gal that worked at St. Vincent de Paul to start a cl- – we started – it was just three of us. It was called Fashion for Your Future, and we would pick um, two women each week – um, after St. Vincent de Paul would close and we would find them interview clothes and oh, yeah. um, they would allow them to take five outfits for free. So we would just help find them the clothes, dress them, like get shoes, anything that we can find. And then they got them. And then we would also like help them try to find jobs like in the paper to like in the, um, yeah. the woman who was working there would help them with like resumes and stuff. So that's awesome. Yeah, we started that. And then I was also in Key Club, which is the High school version of Kiwanis, which is why I'm in Kiwanis now, because it just kind of flowed that way. Um, I just really think that giving back to people is important. Um, There's a lot of things that I, I mean, like I didn't have like the best, like I wasn't super spoiled. I like I was raised by a single mom. But you think about like the hardship that other people, especially kids. So we focus on helping kids 18 yeah. and under in the community, um, like what they're going through and anything that you can do to help. It pays off later. Like even they don't know who's helping them, but they're probably going to remember like, yeah, when I was little, I got um, we, we provide packages of food for um, children who are low income to take home over the weekends because they get free 
breakfast and lunch at school, but then on the weekends they don't get that. So we get food donated and we provide that to them. So they're always going to remember, hey, at least I got to eat. Sure. You know, so um, things like that. We also do a foster care backpack program um, through Kiwanis, which is any um, children who are removed from the home. A lot of times they don't get to bring stuff like they're just kind of taken and then placed. So we have backpacks that the workers can grab based on like boy, girl, or um, their age or their size, I guess, because we have like pajamas and stuff and it has toys, pajamas, toothbrush, toothpaste, shampoo, conditioner, brand new backpack, base, whatever we can fit in there really. And so now they have something going yeah. to like a different place that may not be very comfortable. So, but we also do fun stuff. Like we have a canoe regatta race that we try to raise money for, um, we do trunk or treat. Mm-hmm. So if you have, I know you have kids, so yeah. you've, pr- have you taken your kids to that? Ever? Oh yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's very fun. Um, and I like it because you just have to walk a block in as a parent, um, with two kids, I can't imagine trying to walk them like six blocks, all these houses yeah. and like, it doesn't look like that person's taking door, like door knocks today. Yep. Come on back, yep. you know? So at least it's like a happy environment and we always have a good time doing it too. So I, I don't know. I've just always thought that it's important to give back. I'm really trying to get that established at CSC because I feel like this generation doesn't know a lot about civic engagement or giving back and maybe they do but I'm really trying to instill that in the college students because privilege is like not black or white but there is like a scale and no matter where you're at on the scale I feel like somebody always has it worse Mm -hmm. and whatever you can do to help that person it kind of it kind of brings them back on that scale so um my Gabby Mikna, the Chamber of Commerce director, and I just talked to a class on Monday about civic engagement, and we talked about how that, like, folds into, like, civic leadership and possibly, like, serving your community, like, in council yeah. or as the chamber. So we were trying mm-hmm. to help help them navigate and give them some ideas. It seems like it, it's just a tradition that always needs to be renewed. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. a regular thing. Yeah. And our Kiwanis group is really young, which is nice. Yeah. Like, um, you go and um, I I would say the average, that the age range is anywhere from twenty eight, and then we do have um, another member who's in his seventies, so um, he doesn't show up a whole lot. But most of us are like in our thirties and forties with kids, so we're busy, but we work super well as a team to make our events happen, Very good. which is nice. Um, but we do always need like new young members, like yeah. Yeah. With, with no kids and a ton of availability. <laughs> <laughs> and you have a beard and glasses. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I think it's great to um, to do anything to continually show empathy and understanding uh, is really important because yeah. there's so many things in life that if you have just a little bit of effort, yeah. um, it's going to make it better for the next person. Yeah. So. And it doesn't take a lot. Like no. some weeks I have to work really hard. Like the first two weeks of April for our club is very busy because we have a lot going on. But I mean, over the summer we have the regatta race and we don't meet as a group. So it's very laid back and chill mm-hmm. and we all lean on each other. So as long as like you're committed to just stepping up if asked, then it's going to, then everybody succeeds. And the whole point is to help other people. So oh, it's yeah. kind sure. of it's kind of hard to say no to other <laughs> It's true. So, well, yeah. that's the nice thing about the, the, the college as well as the community, since it's small, 
that you do have opportunity to get involved in mm-hmm. civic engagement. And, you know, in, in bigger cities, sometimes it's kind of hard to yeah. do that. Um, and so that that's great. So yeah. I'll tell people to come check you out. Yeah. any I'm, I'm the president right now, and I've rotated different positions, and I've also just not been an officer at all. Um, but we would love if anybody ever – wants to come check it out we just buy them lunch and we eat at wilds and they can check it out and then decide to join or not join it's we have like a no pressure policy yeah um i've also just been a member and paid my dues and stepped away and not done anything like when i had my kids and i'm like i cannot i'm so tired they're like yep that's cool just come back when you feel like it and nobody's ever upset so it's kind of that's great yeah cool um so in the lead up to our discussion you mentioned you try to create positive environments, uh, both at work and at home. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit more about that and maybe (laughs) what is a positive environment to you? Um, I think, um, so my husband was in the Marine Corps and it really stemmed from a lot of the things he learned of somebody's always got it worse. And his, like his approach is a lot different than mine. But if I ever have a bad day, Um, I try not to complain a lot, Um, but if I do, he'll listen and then he'll always remind me like, well, you know, I bet, I bet somebody else has, he, he says something that I won't say on here because it's like, (laughs) it's not not bad. It's just not something that like normal people would respond to, but being in a, in a family with military people, it doesn't bother me. Um, so you can tell us off air. Okay. <laughs> um, he he just, you know, he really tries to make sure that we all like have like look at all of the things that we're able to have and the privilege that we have and think about how good it is that we have it and think about how bad other people have it. So, you know, we always tell our kids if they're upset about something, we're like, okay, but what good is happening? Like, don't let this ruin your whole day. Um If something happens at work that's stressful, you know, you have to think about, like, what impact is that really going to have if I take this emotion and put it on the student that's coming into my office? Um, Collaboration is always something that I'm a big fan of. Um, I don't make a lot of decisions unilaterally. I try to include anybody that I need to. Um, And same at home. Like, I'm not just going to decide that I'm going to do something without. Like, that's just not how we work. Um, And then we also make sure that we always have dinner as a family. So um, I hear of other families that are like, yeah, well, we have dinner in our rooms or we watch TV. And I'm like, no, we sit down, we have dinner, we talk about our day, and then we talk about what we're going to do after dinner. And it's Mm -hmm. just like having that nice routine for us is great because we can still connect at least once a day because mornings can get hectic. Um, oh, yeah. My, my, <laughs> Everyone is yeah. different. <clears throat> my daughter's in activities. So like yesterday was um, my youngest birthday. So I had to rush home, do pizza and cake, let her open up presents, and then get my oldest ready for volleyball. And then I had to haul her back to town, drop her off, and then we didn't get home until 730. So yeah, sometimes night. you don't get, you know, so if it's just five or ten minutes, we just have to make sure we get that for ourselves mm-hmm. every day. Um but also, like, just I, I love I was a communications major. It's hard not to just focus on like interpersonal communication, inter, interpersonal communication, it's, or intra. Sorry, um, 
And conflict resolution. Like, that's yeah. probably one of my most favorite subjects. Um, I took that from Kathleen Kirch here, Dr. Kirsch, and she did a great job. And she really helps you identify, like, what your strengths are and what your weaknesses are and what you need to focus on. Um, I would go get certified in conflict resolution if I could because I think it's so important. Um and I just think it's good to talk things through um, instead of, like, accusing or being passive-aggressive yeah. or avoiding. So I just, I don't know. It's just something that I've always, I've been trying to get better at. I wasn't like this when I was younger. So when I was younger, I never talked about anything. I, if I did, it was very passive-aggressive, and I never solved a conflict. So, like, it's it's also, like, a growth thing. It's, like, yeah. oh, my sure. own personal development as a person just trying to get better to make sure that I create a harmonious environment wherever I'm at because you know you're happier and everybody else is happier nobody wants to be around somebody who's crabby all the time no <laughs> no, no. So. yeah we unfortunately are around people like that from yeah. time to time and yeah. so um yeah it's if the environment is a positive one it makes yeah. things a yeah. lot easier it sure does yeah well, let's see here. Um, getting toward the end of our questions, our, our, our larger questions for you. What are some of the things you mentioned family being an, obviously an important part? Um, what, what are some of the things you guys like to do when you're not uh, stuck in the office oh. and you have a chance to you know get away for the weekend maybe? Um, well, we have a camper. So nice. we're big camping people. Um, now both of my girls have their own kid kayaks so oh, we can go to the lake. That's got to be fun. Cool. And it's fun for parents because you can sit on it and it kind of sinks. They only have like a 120-pound limit, but they'll still float. So, <laughs> so um, like we've taken them to Colebrook or Boxview, yeah. and you can just paddle around. I love to fish. Um, one summer, it was actually the summer of 2020, um, my mother-in-law, she, she like – didn't go to the store or anything and she, we were we were kind of afraid to be around her because we're like what if we have covid what if we give it to yeah. her like oh, yeah. kind of scary but um you know we were just careful and then we decided that we would wake up every saturday or sunday at 5 a.m and go fish and so her and i just fished at least once a week which was very fun and yeah. i if i could go to alaska and go like salmon fishing in the river that's my dream go. vacation so oh yeah it'd be awesome i know wouldn't that be great and Clint loves being in the outdoors, too. Um, and just playing with our kids, like softball gets pretty big in June. I mean, you're at the softball fields about four days a week. Oh, boy. Um, yeah. Yep. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> but, it's, but it's fun. Like once you – I can see why the, the parents of high school students are so addicted to going to games and watching because mm. it is really fun to watch your kid, like – just love something so much like watching your kid like hit the ball all the way to the outfield for the first time and like her running and like everybody's cheering um seeing really littles um like five-year-olds run up to the plate and before they get there they hop on it because they're just happy to be there so we like doing things like that um we like to take many trips to the black hills growing up in idaho i do miss the mountains quite a bit oh yeah um so i go up there as much as i can so that i feel a little bit better about things because the wind here (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's true it can get old it can get old (laughs) it's not windy in idaho oh just heaven on earth, huh? I mean, there's just tons of snow. Oh, okay. So, like, when <clears throat> it snows, like, the um, – I have a drift at my house still that's about 10 feet tall, and it's probably going to be there until July, but there is no snow at all in my, like, grass yard. 
So it's just like this big circle that surrounds. <laughs> like you could go up on the drift and just touch the rim of the basketball hoop right now, but then there's no snow on the road. Like it's so there's That's drifts in Idaho. It's just everywhere, and it's just piled, and yeah. it's like four to five feet high sometimes. Right. So, um, but no, not no wind. I remember just walking through deep snow home from school, but it was never windy. And mm-hmm. then I moved here, and I'm like, windy every day. Yeah. But it's great. It's great. I love it. It's great. Um, Chantel, so we're at that uh, time where we have some quick questions for you. So first thing, top of your mind. Okay. What is a favorite movie of yours? Pulp Fiction. Oh, great choice. I'm a big Quentin Tarantino fan. That's So that's your favorite Tarantino flick? Um... Um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is right up there with it, yeah. I'd say. Yeah. I really liked that one, too. Yeah, the historical fiction aspect yeah, of that one's fun. fun. Yeah, yeah. But Pulp Fiction, I don't know. I just watched it, and I just thought it was great. And um, I took a film styles and genres class, and that was one of the movies like we had to watch and break down like scene by scene for a week, I think. And I, and I hated that class a little bit because... He, he, you get to watch a little bit and then pause, and then he would drone on and talk for like 15, oh, 20 minutes. Yeah. I'm like, I just want to watch the yeah, movie. Yeah. But then I came to realize like how hard it was for Quentin Tarantino to do some of those things. And then I, and then like you really appreciate it from somebody who's, I didn't study a lot of film, but taking that class and now like I really pay attention to those things. And he always integrates crazy stuff in his movies. Yeah. Like um, he loves like, this isn't a great scene, but they're like shooting up with heroin. And as he's doing it, he's got to get the close up. Like, he's oh, yeah, get that the, super close up. Yes. He's just got to do it. And like, and then he, for some reason in all of his movies, loves spraying blood. I'm not sure why, but it's a favorite thing mm-hmm. of his. I don't oh, really yeah. like it, but yeah. What about uh, what's in the briefcase? What's in Marcellus' oh, briefcase? <laughs> do you want to know what I think is in the briefcase? Yeah. So I. At first, I'm like, why haven't I was just waiting for them to show it? And but this was like pre looking things up on the internet when I first watched this, so I just didn't really think. And then I will watch it. Like if it's if it's on Netflix and I don't have anything to watch, I'll turn it on. Mm-hmm. If my kids aren't home, obviously. Um, yeah, Tarantino's yeah. flicks are not yeah, yeah kid approved. Uh, they gotta yeah. get into it sometime. <laughs> um, but they said it was uh, Marcellus's soul, right? Yeah. And, and that's kind of what on I the back think. Of the head. Yeah, yep. that's that's kind of what I went with. It really just ran along with it and Quentin Tarantino will never tell anybody what no. it actually was so that's what I'm going with. Alex, what do you think is in there? I I I saw the movie shortly after it came out so I'm kind of aging myself a little bit but um, originally when I was you know like a teenager I thought it was gold because when you open the it yeah. there's the glow. Yeah. <clears throat> but then when I was older and um, maybe became more of a critical thinker uh, I realized that the code to the opening it was six six six, and so I was like, "Oh, it's got to be a soul." Yeah. yeah. Then what was it? When the actors said, "Yeah, it's a light and some really heavy batteries." <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I think it's the uh, they finally found the slides that were lost at Mount Rushmore in North by Northwest, along with a slide projector that's in there. So oh, that's what they're seeing is the microfilm that, okay. that the spies were trying to smuggle out of the country. That makes sense. And there's a big kahuna burger. The, 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 the yeah. MacGuffin circle is complete. Yes. Yeah. That. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, Daniel will have to show you his wallet uh, at the end of this. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. No mystery now. <laughs> um, so what's the first concert you attended? Um, Garth Brooks. Okay. I was four years old. 
and I was obsessed with Garth Brooks. <laughs> <laughs> and he's got some hits. Um, yeah. well, it was like the '90s. Yeah. Like a, he was like the one of the biggest like oh, performers yeah. of all yeah. time. Um, I was very little, and I went with my aunt and my mom, and we had nosebleed seats, but there was um like the glass. By, in front of the balcony mm-hmm. and my aunt's like it's okay honey go down there you can watch from there and the security guard was like you got to go back up there and I just remember crying and crying and my aunt is, you're gonna deny this girl she can't see past anybody just let her sit here she just wants to and he let me just sit there on the ground and watch Shame from the glass because my aunt really let him have it you gotta have so. an aunt like that yeah, yeah she's great <laughs> yeah uh what's a hidden talent Oh, I don't know if I have one. <coughs> I guess um, I love to cook and bake, and that's something that um, I don't I don't fail to a lot on that. Like there's some people who was like, oh, I tried this and this didn't work, and I kind of burnt it, and that hasn't. I I did think I burned some cupcakes once for Christine Fullerton's birthday a couple <laughs> weeks ago, but she said they tasted great. Oh, good. So good. maybe I sport. didn't. Um, that's so, a good talent to have. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I just love doing it. I have a really hard time allowing anybody else to help me because I'm just such a control freak with it. I'm like, no, I have to do it this certain way or it's not going to taste yeah. right. Um, so the only thing that I don't care to do is grill steak. That Clint can do that. I don't <laughs> do very well at that. <laughs> no, he can do that. I did make steak in a cast iron, and it was the best steak I had ever had. Yeah. But there was a lot of butter involved. And your so, house yeah. smells like beef for yeah. three days afterward. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. It's worth it. <laughs> it is. It is. Let's see. How many times have you been to the top of Sea Hill? That I have no idea. So over the summer, I actually, when the students aren't here and I'm not, like, drowning in meetings, right. I take my lunch and I walk the hill to Sea Hill. Oh, that's hill. perfect. And I walk the canyon and I walk to yeah. 16th and back because it's about 45 minutes. Yeah. So I don't know how many times because I've been up there a lot, actually. You're going to be up close to the record then. That's excellent. I don't. I wish I had started counting so I could answer that. Good summer act. Perfect way to spend yeah. the lunch hour. Yeah. All right. Last one Kay. and the hardest question. What's the best advice you received as a college student? Um, I had an instructor who... Um, told our whole class to go to college as long as you can. And he kind of broke it down. He said, I mean, we went to Boise State University. We had a, I mean, we had like two or three different areas for dining services and the food was amazing. We had an amazing um, gym. Like it had an indoor track. Um, It had racquetball. It had like four basketball courts. I mean, it was massive. Mm -hmm. And it, and like, Really great equipment. So as he's explaining it to us, he's like, look what you have here, guys. You got a gym. You got all the food you want to eat. You have um, a four-story library. You can read all the books you want. He goes, and then you can get your master's degree. And if you become a graduate assistant, you can get it paid for. He's like, okay. So you do that. And then you can get your PhD and you can work with somebody to get that paid for. He's like, just keep going because you get all these amenities, guys. And I'm like staring at him. I'm like, I wonder if he, and he was still taking classes. Hmm. He's like, I mean, I work, he was an adjunct and he was very smart. He wanted to make like um, landscaping bark. So he went to a logging company and asked if he can have the bark on the ground. And they said, take whatever you want. And so he took all this free bark and made landscaping bark out of it. Hmm. And he was like a millionaire. And he was adjunct teaching 
for a communications class at Boise State. How nice. fun. So I figured yeah, he was yeah. smart enough. I wish I, I didn't listen to him because I took a 10-year gap, but also school is hard. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> it and can needed, be, for sure. I needed that gap. But that I think that that was one of the best advice is to, if you go to school, find ways to get it paid for. Yeah, basically. absolutely. And also yeah. use all of the amenities, like yeah. the gym. Take he was advantage. obsessed with the gym. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, take advantage of, of your time here. I, yeah. I think that's, uh, that's yeah. good advice. Yep. Well, thank you so much yeah, for joining us. Thanks. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, this was fun. Thank you. You bet.